1: Hey y'all, Eve's here. Today's episode contains not just one, but two nuggets of history. These are coming from the TDIHC vault, so you'll also hear two hosts. Consider it a double feature. Enjoy the show.
4: Welcome to this day in history class from HowStuffWorks.com and from the desk of Stuff You Missed in History Class. It's the show where we explore the past one day at a time with a quick look at what happened today in history. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Tracy V. Wilson and it's August 9th. Elizabeth Schuyler Hamilton was born on this day in 1757. Of course, she was born Elizabeth Schuyler. She had two sisters, Angelica and Peggy, five other brothers and sisters as well. She didn't get the Hamilton until December 14th, 1870 when she married a man named Alexander. But he has his own biography by Ron Chernow and, of course, that colossally successful Broadway musical, so we don't really need to dwell on him. But let's do Just Get One Thing Out of the Way. That musical makes very much of Angelica Schuyler's affection for Alexander Hamilton, but Angelica had eloped with John Barker Church back in 1777. The fact that Angelica and Alexander were both married protected them from some scrutiny when it came to their flirtatious friendship, which was definitely very close. And it was definitely very flirty. And they definitely did have a whole letter exchange about punctuation and whether it intended to change the meaning of the letter. But it's not clear whether this relationship ever went beyond this flirtiness. At the same time, though, it shouldn't diminish Alexander's feelings for his wife, and I will let him say it in his own words in a surviving letter that he wrote before they were married on August eighth, 1870. You are certainly a little sorceress and have bewitched me, for you have made me disrelish everything that used to please me and have rendered me as restless and unsatisfied with all about me as if I was the inhabitant of another world and had nothing in common with this. Two of them also had eight children together. Around the turn of the 19th century... Elizabeth Schuyler Hamilton's life saw a series of tragedies and upsets. Her husband, in spite of that beautiful letter he wrote to her so much earlier, had a torrid affair and he wrote it all down and published it in 1797. Her sister Peggy died after a long illness in 1804. Her son Philip died that November in a duel. Alexander Hamilton died following another duel with Aaron Burr on July 11th of 1804, and Eliza's father died in November of that year. This would have been enough grief to crush any person, but Hamilton spent the rest of her life dedicated to charitable works, and she did this even though she had very little money of her own after Alexander's death. And she was now a single parent who still had small children to support. Her youngest had only just turned two when his father died. This also was a huge contrast to her earlier life being a widow in reduced circumstances. She had grown up as part of one of the wealthiest families in New York in a mansion with its own enslaved workforce. And before her husband's death, they had just finished building their own mansion called The Grange. She lost that to pay her husband's debts after he died and was only able to repurchase it later due to the generosity of others. But with two other women, she founded the first private orphanage in New York in 1806, and she worked with it extensively until 1848. This organization still exists today as Graham Wyndham, which serves thousands of children and families in New York every year. During her life, Hamilton had helped her husband with his own writing, including helping him to write George Washington's farewell address. And after his death, she recruited biographers to make sure that her husband's work as one of the founders of the United States was documented and recorded. She also hired clerks to keep his papers in order and to make sure to preserve them for the future record. She did destroy many of his love letters, making it, I think, very fortunate that I had that one to read from earlier in the episode. After 50 years of philanthropic service that followed the death of her husband, Elizabeth Schuyler Hamilton died at the age of 97 on November 9th of 1854. Thanks to Tari Harrison for her audio skills on all these episodes. And you can subscribe to this day in history class on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Tune in tomorrow for a 17th century victory whose record was either written down by or dictated to the losers.
2: Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Hello. Welcome to This Day in History class, where we flip through the book of history and bring you a new page every day. The day was August 9th, 1173. Construction began on the Leaning Tower of Pisa, a monument now famous for its unstable foundation and four-degree lean. In 1172, the widow Berta of Bernardo left 60 saldi, or gold coins, to the Ópera Campaniles Petrarum Santa Maria. The organization used these coins to buy stones to build the base of a bell tower. On August 9, 1173, the foundation stones were laid for a white marble bell tower for the cathedral complex in Pisa, Italy. Besides the Pisa Cathedral and Campanile, or freestanding bell tower, the complex also included a baptistry and cemetery. The architect of the design for the tower is unknown, but the tower was set to be 185 feet, or 56 meters tall. It was built in a circular ditch on ground made of clay, fine sand, and shells. But by the time three of the tower's eight stories were built, about five years after construction began, it became clear that the building's foundation was settling unevenly on the ground. That was causing it to tilt slightly. But construction came to a halt since war broke out between the city-states in Italy during this break the foundation was given time to settle which probably kept the tower from falling construction on the tower did not begin again until 1272 almost a century later giovanni di simone the new chief engineer on the project added extra masonry to the short side of the tower to try to fix the lean but the tower sunk even further with that additional weight By 1278, when construction once again stopped, the tower tilted to the south by about one degree, or about 2.7 feet. As construction continued and builders attempted to correct the lean, the degree of the angle only increased. By 1360, it was at about 1.6 degrees. There are two spiral staircases inside of the building. When work on the bell chamber began, Builders added six steps from the seventh cornice to the bell chamber's floor on the south side, but only built four steps on the north side. The tower was completed around 1370. Seven bells were installed in it, the largest of which was put up in 1655. But despite attempts to correct the lean, through methods like reinforcement and cement grouting, the building kept inching toward collapse. It reached a tilt of about 5.5 degrees or 15 feet by 1990. At this point, the tower of Pisa was closed and engineers worked on straightening it. They managed to decrease the lean by more than a foot and the tower straightened even more over the following years. The Leaning Tower of Pisa is projected to stay stable for the next two centuries, unless some kind of natural disaster happens that affects its stability. The cathedral complex is now known as the Piazza dei Miracoli, or Square of Miracles. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If there's something that I missed in an episode, you can share it with everybody else. On Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at TDIHC Podcast. Thanks for showing up. We'll meet here again tomorrow.
3: For more podcasts from iHeartRadio,
0: visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.